Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello and welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. I'm Rick Porterfield and I'm really glad to be with you today. Happy New Year. And thanks also for listening. I really appreciate you taking time out to listen uh, and to uh, look for information and help to improve your marriage. Not that your marriage even needs help, but, you know, marriage is just like a lot of things. It can always be a little bit better, you know. So I just want to thank you for tuning in. And I believe that uh, today's show is going to be very practical for you. I want to talk about strife. And I want to talk about, I'm titling today's uh, episode, Freedom from Strife. Wouldn't it be awesome to be completely strife-free in your marriage? If you are, that is great. If you're close to it, that's really good as well. But I know a lot of folks, uh, strife is just uh, way too common in relationships in general, including in marriage. And it just doesn't have to be that way. You know, strife is its bad news for any relationship and especially marriage, because there's a strife, division between you and the person that should be the the closest person to you on this earth, you know. And strife can literally tear a relationship apart. You know, and strife, typically what you see is it starts small with little things. You know, the Bible talks about those little foxes spoiling the vines, you know. So strife tends to start small. And then it'll escalate and it'll lead to other things. And it's just bad news. You know, James 3.16 from the King James Version says this, For where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Think of that. Where there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Those are two things, man, that we should not want in our marriage relationship. We shouldn't want in our life, period, especially in our marriage, right? So, <clears throat> What is strife exactly? What is that? So let's, let's define it. You know, it can show up as arguing and fussing or, or bickering or maybe a heated disagreement. Strife can also be, and Rebecca uses this definition a lot, like an angry undercurrent. And I really like that. Uh, think about the tension you feel in the air sometimes, you know. Maybe it's kind of like that feeling of, okay, I have to walk on eggshells around this person, you know. You know, when two people are arguing out in the open, you kind of know what's going on. But when there's this angry undercurrent, that's kind of scary because it's like you know something's wrong, but you're not sure what it is. And a lot of times when we're like walking on those eggshells, you know, it's like, okay, this person, something's wrong. I'm not sure what it is, but I really need to be careful around them. That's kind of scary because you don't know the boundaries. It's just strife is just bad, okay? It's like under the surface sometimes. And it's not out in the open. And if we don't deal with it, it's just going to get worse. So, so strife, it's a big deal. Did you know that it was strife that cost Moses the chance to go into the promised land with Caleb and Joshua? You know, Psalm 106, uh, 32 and 33 says this. It says, they angered him, they angered the Lord, also at the waters of strife, <laughs> so that it went ill with Moses on account of them. Because they rebelled against his spirit so that he, Moses, spoke rashly with his lips 
so see right there, that's strife keeping Moses from entering the promised land. You know, strife has a way of, of sucking people in, of drawing them in, drawing them in and keeping them from having a good marriage. You know, it pulls you in by getting you emotionally invested. You know, when you invest in something, you don't want to let it go. You want to hang on to it and get a return. I don't know if you've ever maybe invested money in the stock market or whatever, but it might dip a little bit, and you kind of want to hang in there to get a, a return instead of selling. Or maybe you're working on an old car. I'm just thinking of different examples here, but working on an old car, and you invest the money in that car, and it's still not running quite right. You know, you want to get that return on the investment, so you you just keep tweaking and keep trying to make it a little bit better to get it running like you want it to. So it's like that. When you invest in something, you don't want to let it go. You want to hang on to it and get that return, and strife is like that. Once strife comes in, you know, pride a lot of times will keep us from letting it go. First Timothy 6.45 says this he is proud knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy strife reviling and evil suspicions so strife pride is involved in it and you know think about that you know strife and pride we don't want to be wrong we don't want to admit that we're in the wrong and sometimes people will stay in strife as a result okay um, and strife can spring up anywhere. You, know, there was even strife, and I'm sure you've probably seen this in the Gospels. But there was strife among Jesus's disciples um, with each other. You know, Luke 22 says they got into strife over who was going to be the greatest among them. You know, I bet pride got involved there. You know, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Think about the disciples arguing about this. You know, in Matthew chapter 20. It says that James and John got their mom, <laughs> that's funny to me, to ask Jesus if one of them could sit on his right hand and the other on his left hand when he became the king. You know, they thought Jesus was going to be the Messiah. They believed he was the Messiah, but they didn't realize exactly how that was going to transpire. They thought he was going to like seize the, the throne during his earthly lifetime. So she was wanting one of them to be um, on his left and one on the right, be like his, his, uh, his key people when he became king. And when they heard this, all the rest of the disciples got, they got mad about it. You know, people still get into strife over who's going to, who's the best. You know, think about professional athletes, boxers and football players. And, you know, we're kind of in bowl season right now. Um, it's kind of winding up. But these different uh, football teams, different players and things will talk smack or whatever it is about each other. You know, boxers and things will, will talk about the other one. They get ugly with each other over who's the best. But even in family relationships, you know, people get into things like you know, who's the best parent, whose way of disciplining is best, you know, who's right about this or who's right about that, or who's the best at forgiving, you know, whose ideas are right. People in marriages get into this kind of stuff. You know, I remember one time, Rebecca and I, we were painting an upstairs room in our house, and uh, we debated about what color to use. That was uh, quite a discussion right there, so to speak. We finally picked a color. And when we painted the room, we didn't like the color, so we had to repaint it. There was strife involved in all that, I promise you. So strife is something we want to avoid. It's just, it can spring up anywhere, okay? So many things can cause strife in marriage. But think about it. Is the color of the paint in that room, is that worth it? Is it worth having strife? We read in uh, James 3.16 how 
where there's strife, there's confusion in every evil work. I'm going to tell you, that's just not worth it, okay? God wants our marriages to be blessed, okay? He wants them to experience his blessing. He created marriage. It's a covenant relationship. He's a covenant-making. He's a covenant-keeping God, and his blessing is on marriage. The Bible says, think about this. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Let's talk about there's like a special favor on marriage. Okay, that's in Proverbs 18, 22. Then Psalm 133, one of my favorite scriptures, says where there's unity, God commands the blessing. Okay, that's again in Psalm 133. I encourage you to go read that. It's just three verses. But where there's unity, God commands the blessing. You know, where there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work. There's not going to be unity there. Strife is going to keep you from receiving the favor of God, the the blessing of God in your marriage, in your life. It'll actually drain you. Strife has a draining effect. It'll create division. And like I've said a few times now, it allows confusion and every evil thing to enter in. And you sure don't want that in your marriage. You don't want that in your family. You don't want that in your house, okay? You know, Jesus himself said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's in Mark chapter 3. So uh, we just don't want to go there. Imagine this. This is an example that we've used before. Imagine this. Imagine you're trying to fill your bathtub with the drain open, okay? You're definitely going to be hindered in what you can accomplish there. And if you do get enough water there to take a bath, you're going to have to keep the water running. It's just going to be frustrating. You're not going to be able to do it. So it's better just to close that drain. It's better to shut off strife, okay? You know, um, that's enough about strife and what it does. Let's get into talking about how to avoid strife. And really, it's not that hard to avoid strife. It's just not, okay? And one thing to do, I think, is to want to avoid it. You realize, like I said earlier, it's just not worth it. The color of the paint, a lot of times we get in the strife over these small things. They're really not big things. They become big things. They seem like big things because we get, again, emotionally invested. We get sucked in. We don't want to be wrong. But we need to realize that it's just not worth it. You know, sometimes we want to be, and I'm, I'm guilty. My goodness, I've done this. Sometimes we want to be right so badly that we will we'll allow strife. You know, Proverbs 17.1 says that it's better to have a dry morsel with peace than to have plenty with strife. Imagine that. A dry morsel, so, you know, not much, but you've got peace. And God is saying that that is better than having lots of material things but have a strife with it, you know. And, I, I mean, that's the word of God on the subject. So strife is bad, and we need to eliminate it. We need to avoid it. So how do we do that? Again, I think a first step is to realize it's bad and it's, you know, it's not worth it um, and to want to avoid it. And I think it's also important to know what causes it. You know, and we've kind of alluded to this already, but a big part is pride. We don't want to be wrong, which we again, we've already talked about that. But also another thing that causes strife is found in Proverbs fifteen eighteen, And it says that a, a wrathful man stirreth up strife. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. So anger, wrath, tends to strife. And being slow to anger appeases strife, okay? You know, how do we get angry? We think we've been wronged by someone. Maybe you think you've been wronged by your spouse. And because of that, you you don't want to let that go. So you get angry about it, and it'll cause strife. You You might get this one-upmanship thing going or, or trying to get back at them or, or whatever it is, you know. 
And something else, too, to realize is that strife can't just come waltzing in and take over. You know, Ephesians chapter 2 says to be angry and sin not. So just because anger shows up doesn't mean we have to have strife. We don't have to let anger get control of us. Again, Ephesians chapter 2 talks about being angry and sinning not. So again, just because there's anger, that doesn't automatically mean there will be strife. You know, for there to for strife to come from that, we have to yield to the anger. We have to allow that. We have to give it place. We have to let the anger get control of us. You don't have to do that. You don't have to react to situations based on anger. Okay, so we need to use some self-control to not yield to anger and to allow that strife to come in. You know, self-control is important in avoiding strife, okay? I think you need to know your threshold. Like for me, I used to have a, I wouldn't say I had like an anger problem, like you talk about anger management and things like this, but I'd get really mad and kind of blow up and things. I wouldn't just start like hitting people and stuff like that. But I would just, I guess, had a quick temper is maybe the right way to put it. And, that, and that's just not good. You need to, and I've learned to be slow uh, to anger. Okay, in, the, in um, um, James chapter 1, it says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You know, we want to be, we want to be slow to anger because being slow to anger, again, it appeases strife, okay? So when you feel anger coming on, uh, just maybe you just need to remember, okay, I'm not going to let this anger get control of me. Or maybe you might need to say, you know what, I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to walk away for a little while, and I'll talk to you in a few minutes, or whatever it is. You know, Satan will try to bait you. He'll try to get you into strife by using offense, by using anger. And if we give voice to those feelings, you know, we'll be starting strife. We'll be yielding to it. Here's a very interesting scripture. Luke 17, 1, Jesus said, it's impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible that no offenses should come. So what he's saying there is opportunities to be offended are going to come. Now, here's the thing I really want to point out. You know, the New Testament, which includes Luke 17, was originally written in Greek. So the, the ancient Greek word for offense is the Greek word scandalon. And I may not be pronouncing that right, but scandalon, okay? That word scandalon, what that means in the Greek, that, that's the part of a trap that holds the bait. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these string traps with the jaws that snap shut on something. Well, there's a little round part in the middle of that that holds the bait. And when you, you try something tries to get that bait, it springs the trap. Okay, that thing that holds the bait is the scandal on. So think of that. It's impossible that no offenses would come. Temptation to get offended is going to come. Offenses and the temptation to get into strife, it is literally a trap to keep you from receiving from God's best for you. And we talked about how there's you, there's favor and a blessing. There's favor on marriage. There's a blessing in unity. And strife gets you out of all that. It'll keep that favor from operating in your life. It'll keep that blessing from operating in your life. So I'm going to tell you, offense is literally a trap to keep you from walking in God's best for you. And we're talking in, on the context today of what we're talking about is marriage. We want you to have, you know, God's best in your marriage, a great marriage relationship, and all the, the favor and the blessing that comes with that. So, you know, it's actually better to give up your way, to give up your rights, and than to get into strife. One of my favorite scriptures about marriage is found in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 4 in the Message Bible. And the Message is a paraphrase, but uh, there's different places where I think even this paraphrase really nails the intent of what God's trying to say. And this is one of them. But it says, marriage isn't a place to stand up for your rights, 
marriage is the decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. So marriage is a place where you need to stand up for your rights. So to avoid strife, it's actually better to give up your way, to give up your rights than to get into strife. You know, Romans twelve eighteen says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we need to be willing to give in to keep peace and to get along with our spouse, okay? First um, Corinthians 6, 7 goes on and says that uh, it's often better to suffer wrong and even to let yourself be cheated rather than to insist on your own way and to have strife come about as a result. Think of that. Man, you know, our way, our, our being right is highly overrated. The relationship, unity, peace are much more important than us getting our way, than being right. Okay? So another important way to avoid strife is to mind our own business. You know, sometimes we put our two cents in maybe where it's not needed. I'm guilty. I've done this. But I want you to think about this. There's a scripture here. I, I really like this one as well. It's from Proverbs 26, 17. If you have uh, some of you out there, maybe dog owners or dog lovers or whatever, think about this. He that passes by and meddles with strife belonging not to him is like one that takes a dog by the ears. <laughs> you think about that mental picture there. Imagine a pit bull or a Rottweiler or whatever, and you walk up to that dog and just grab it by the ears, you know. That's probably not going to turn out good. Well, that's kind of how it is when you meddle with somebody else's strife, okay? When you get involved where you don't need to be, it's like taking a dog by the ears. It's probably not going to turn out good. You know, we can when we take on somebody else's strife, we can literally get offended ourselves and get into strife ourselves over it, and it's just not worth it. Um, so we might want to refrain, you know, from giving our opinion to someone unless they ask for it. You know, I'm all about advising other people, but I don't want to just go sticking my nose in where it doesn't need to be, especially when it doesn't concern me. It concerns them. OK, anyway, um, moving on. Galatians chapter five lists the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit right there in Ephesians chapter five. Strife is listed as a fruit of the flesh and peace is listed as a fruit of the spirit. So, you know, we can choose to do what the Spirit desires, and that's to live in peace. Or we can do what the flesh desires and get into strife. So choice is very important in avoiding strife. We can choose not to get involved in it. We can value peace above being right, uh, and we can allow strife. um, I'm sorry. So choice is very important. We can value peace above being right, and we can uh, be slow to anger and Short circuit strife. You can. That's something that we can all do. We just need to get determined that we're not going to let anything. You know, no circumstances, no anger, no scandal on, no bait uh, to get into offense. Whether it's a real wrong or maybe sometimes even imagined wrongs come in, we're not going to let anything get between us and our spouse. Okay, we just need to make that decision that the, the favor of God on our relationship, the, the blessing of unity. It's just more important than that. It just is, and it, it really is. You know, we live in a, a time now where it seems like people are, it seems to me like people are quicker to separate themselves from unpleasant situations. You know, if you look at the divorce rate, why is it so high? Well, I think one reason is because people are quick to say, you know what, I'm out of here. I don't like what's going on. I'm out of here. It's like the commitment uh, that we ought to have 
has weakened in a lot of ways. And, and you see this, this kind of thing happens. You think about a lot of these great bands, you know, that, that break up. And I don't want to name any bands. I'm not knocking anybody, but some of these great famous bands that break up, strife came in. Creative differences. What is that? Differences, right? Disunity. Strife. That's causes those bands to break up. You know, players leave football teams in the NFL. Just you see this stuff going on, this strife. Okay, um, so we need to not be so quick, maybe, to separate from unpleasant situations. We just need to deal with the conflict, deal with the strife. You know, Jesus said in Matthew nineteen six. Let's put it into context of marriage here. He said, "What God has joined together." Let man not put asunder. So we need to honor that commitment we have. So I'm going to wrap it up here. That's enough about this subject. I'm going to wrap it up. And my prayer for you is that you will decide that your marriage and you. My prayer for you is that you will decide that your marriage and unity is so valuable that you will be slow to anger and that you will refuse to allow strife to enter in and bring division in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, thank you for listening again. I I really appreciate it. Happy New Year. Please subscribe to our podcast. Be sure to share it with others. We're teaching the Word of God here, and that is what works in marriage relationships. Be sure to check out our website also, marriagebythebook.org. And here's to a great 2022. Thanks again. We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.